want to welcome you this morning to Honor Chapel. It is our custom here at Ozark to take one of our final chapels each year to recognize those who are leaving us. In Romans chapter 13, verse 7, it says uh, that we should give honor to those whom honor is due. And there are some folks today that we want to recognize, that we want to honor, even as we honor God for their lives. Uh, First of all, I want to mention a name uh, that some of you may know, but some of you may not know. Jim Markham taught here at Ozark Christian College for over 40 years. Uh, He served as an administrator and as a a full-time professor here for almost 30 years, and then after retiring from full-time classroom teaching uh, for the last 10 or 12 years or so, uh, he's still been teaching online for us as an adjunct uh, professor. And in fact, he was teaching a class for us, even this semester, online, when he passed away in February, uh, uh, just this past semester, of a lung disease. Now, in the Ambassador magazine that will be coming out very shortly, we will have a, a full tribute there to Brother Markham. But I'll say here this, that Brother Markham uh, was one of my teachers here. And he was a man who exemplified the wisdom of a well-ordered life. Now, he came to us as a non-traditional student from uh, uh, the corporate world. He was a former business executive. And uh, after graduating from Ozark, uh, he actually became an administrator. He oversaw our um, admissions, our, our recruitment department. And he was actually my first boss here at Ozark. Now, those who knew Jim Markham knew this. The man was hyper-organized. Um, he, uh, when he would teach, uh, every, you know, place for everything and everything in its place. When he would teach, he had kind of a... Um, a subconscious gesture that he would constantly do and uh, he would be squaring off his papers always as he would teach because he wanted everything to always be in place. I have a friend um, who's a little obsessive compulsive and uh, my friend says, um, he says, I have, I have OCD, but I like to call it CDO because then it's in alphabetical order. And that was, that was kind of Jim Markham, right? He wanted every detail in his place. And here's why. Uh, as a leader here at the college, he wanted us to be effective and efficient Uh, Because the Father's business mattered more than anything else in the world. And Psalm 119, verse 103 says, Order my steps in your word, O Lord. And as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a teacher, a preacher, a leader, uh, Jim Markham organized his life, each step, each detail, according to the word of God. And he influenced thousands of people for Christ. And so this morning, while he is not here with us physically, he is with the Lord. Uh, We honor him, we honor his life, and we thank God for Jim Markham. Now secondly, I want to mention the names Mark and Mindy Sloniker. Uh, Mark and Mindy uh, will be concluding their service here at Ozark uh, next month. They aren't able to be with us here today, but between the two of them, they have almost 40 years of service here at the college. Mark has served as our co-librarian and as the cataloger there in uh, the library, and Mindy has served as the library circulation supervisor. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, the Apostle Paul is in prison in Rome. He writes to Timothy and asks Timothy to come visit him in prison. And he says this in chapter 4, verse 13. He says, when you come, bring my books. Bring my books. Because even the Apostle Paul, who had written like major portions of the New Testament, knew that to be a faithful leader for God meant to be a faithful reader of books. And for over three decades, Mark and Mindy have helped equip 
our students here with books and with resources so that you could be the most effective servants for Christ that you could be. They have believed fully in our mission. They have conducted themselves here with the highest integrity, with genuine care for their co-workers and care for you as, as students. And in fact, they, they left some words here uh, that I'll just share. These are from Mark and Mindy. They, they said, though we're not able to attend chapel this morning, we wanted to convey how much you mean to us. And we counted a blessing to have been able to witness how you live out Christ in your lives. We will always treasure the friendships and memories that have been made here. May God bless you all in your service to him. And so if you see Mark and Mindy in, in the days ahead, I hope that you'll uh, just put an arm around them, extend your hand, and thank them for their years of faithful service. We do want to honor them to whom honor is due. Now, we have uh, four other folks here today that we also want to honor, and they are able to be with us. And I'll say just a word, and then I've asked some others to say uh, a few words about these four individuals. The first one is Janice Wallace. Janice has served for 20 years as our receptionist. Uh, she's the voice on the other end of the phone. When you call the college, she sits there at the front desk. When you walk in the Castile Administration building, when I think of Janice Wallace, the phrase that comes to mind is uh, warm smile, friendly smile. Um, they, people don't always remember what you say to them, but they always remember how you made them feel. And Janice has always made people who come onto our campus, who call our campus, she has made them feel welcome and important. And we are grateful for uh, her ministry here. And in just a moment, I've asked her friend Diana Rojas from our mailroom uh, to say some words of appreciation about Janice. I also want to honor Drew Ashwell. Now, Drew Ashwell uh, came in the same year that I did here at Ozark. We uh, came back to teach in 1996, 21 years. He has served as a professor here and also as an administrator, as vice president of our alumni relations. And when I think of Drew, the phrase that comes to mind is loyal servant. Um, this brother serves. He, he gives his life out for others, uh, selfless. And um, personally, he's been one of my very best friends. Uh, and that's why that word loyal is so important to me. Um, but I have seen him do this uh, for our alumni as a, as a Barnabas, an encouraging spirit uh, to them, to his servants. Uh, interesting fact about Drew. Many of us on faculty, when we loan our books out to other people, we have, uh, you know, little stamps or little stickers inside our books that say, you know, property of Matt Proctor. You know, please return to Matt Proctor uh, so that we'll get our books back. Drew's books have a little stamp inside of them, and they say, property of Jesus Christ. Please return to his servant, Drew Ashwell. <laughs> I love that brother, man. And I don't know if this is true, but my hunch is that if you checked the back of all of his shirts, if you checked his bank account, if you checked any area of his life, you would find that stamped on there because this man belongs to Jesus. He is his servant. And I'm grateful for him. And I've asked Mark Scott in just a little bit to come and share some words of appreciation about Drew. Um, we also want to honor Jay Engelbrecht, and Jay has served here for 13 years as a professor of uh, English, English composition. Of course, he's taught literature. When I think of Jay Engelbrecht, the phrase that comes to mind is a word coach, a word coach. Now, of course, uh, many of you have experienced him coaching you towards uh, a more healthy lifestyle and lifetime wellness, but uh, his, his primary work and his real passion here at Ozark has been in the uh, area of words, in literature and in 
composition. It was uh, Mark Twain who said that the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between lightning and lightning bug. <laughs> and, and Jay Engelbrecht has wanted our students to be able to find the right word so that those moments of illumination of God truth can burst forth on people's minds. He wanted you to be the best communicators of the gospel possible. Proverbs 25:11 people, like apples of gold and settings of silver, is a word fitly spoken. And he wanted you, he was a curator of language, and he wanted you to have the right word available at the right time so that you could serve Jesus well. And I'm grateful for him. And I've actually asked Jessica Sherman, uh, his co-laborer there in that same area of our curriculum, to say a few words about Jay in just a moment. The final word, uh, final person we want to honor here today is uh, Peter Buckland. And Peter has served here for 20 years. Uh, he's been a professor of uh, Christian education and family ministry. And when I think of Peter Buckland, the phrase that comes to mind is wise sage. Um, today's May the 4th. It's Star Wars Day. All right. I thought about calling him Yoda. That's not right. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's who he is. And uh, he, he has been, he has been that, that wise voice of wizard. I didn't make you the little green guy. And uh, he has been that wise voice of guidance and direction and counsel at his church, as CCO, as an elder. Um, in the classroom as he has helped students understand um, how to make sense of their own life and family and to help others make sense of their life and family. He's done that inside the classroom. He's done that outside the classroom. And I know so many of you are grateful for uh, those wise, wise sage moments that he has had in your life. And I've asked Doug Aldridge, our academic dean, to come in just a little bit and share some words of appreciation for uh, Peter. Right now, I'm going to ask Diana Rojas to come to the stage, and she's going to uh, just say a few words about her friend, Janice Wallace. Would you welcome Diana? Thank you very much. I just wanted to say a few words about my dear friend, Janice. She is such an encourager, and she is just such a dear friend to me uh, personally. Um, she, we have shared many conversations about our families. We have shared prayer requests. We have talked about our country. We've talked about the college. We have solved the world's problems, haven't we, Janice? But <laughs> we just enjoy sharing with each other, and she is such a dear person. It tells you about her today because here we are honoring her, and she is not sitting up front she is such a humble person. She is very caring. She loves all of you students. You may not have had the chance really to interact too much with her, unfortunately. But um, maybe some of you have called the switchboard at some time and heard her just very caring and helpful voice. Some of you maybe have needed to send a fax, and she has helped you in the morning. And some of you, I know, have come through for uh, life groups and got to know her a little. And as I said, she loves you and the college very much, and she is a very valued co-worker. She's also very faithful. She and her husband came from Iowa. She knows some of you from Iowa and your families, and um, she and her husband have served the Lord there faithfully and then came here to Joplin. Joplin are a part of College Heights Christian Church and have served there faithfully. They have a care group at their house, and um, one of her granddaughters is involved in Through the Roof Ministries. Some of you, I think, know her from there. 
And uh, she is, has been faithful and has served the Lord for many, many years. And I know we'll serve him until she goes to be with him. And she is also very devoted to her family. She uh, loves her children, her grandchildren. She is always picking them up from school or going to their events, sports events, traveling to see the ones out of town. And um, she had a grandson last year in the military overseas, and she would write him handwritten notes, mind you, and mail them to him, and also care packages. So a very loving and devoted grandmother. And um, it is her life is a reminder to all of us. She is a very quiet person. She's not up on stage much, but... You go to church, you uh, work at churches where there are many people like this that maybe aren't high profile, but just are serving him faithfully behind the scenes. And the church and the college today would not be what it is if it wasn't for those folks. So would you join me in thanking and honoring Janice Wallace? Janice, if you would come down. And Owen, why don't you come with her, brother? Owen, why don't you come on up? Come on up. read to you the words on this plaque. To Janice Wallace, in gratitude for your 20 years of service as the front desk receptionist at Ozark Christian College, your kindness and warmth with each guest have helped the college greet one another in Christian love, 1 Peter 5.14. Your example as a follower of Christ has modeled for students our motto, not to be served, but to serve. Thank you for training the next generation of men and women for Christian service. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thank you, Janice. the easiest job in the house this morning, and that is to appreciate Drew Ashwell, Drew Barnabas Ashwell. I made that name up, but you heard it from President Proctor and you know why. Drew, uh, Moses had his Ten Commandments, of course, and so we have ten words of appreciation for you. Uh, You will recognize that these words are not mine. They are from the book of all books, and uh, it's very easy to match your name with these words from that book. First of all, Drew, we appreciate you for your pure heart. You are an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And with regard to evil, you are an infant. May your tribe increase. Secondly, we appreciate you, Drew, for your deep humility. You really do look to the needs of others ahead of your own. 
We appreciate you, Drew, for your passion for the Word. You long for that Word like a baby longs for milk. We appreciate you, Drew, for your compassion for the lost. You uh, live out the mission of Jesus by seeking and saving those that are lost, evident in the church plant that you did in Cordon, Indiana, and the other places where you've served. We appreciate you, Drew, because uh, you love your family, your wife, Leanne, like Christ loves the church, and the girls. You don't exasperate your children, but raise them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And i got to say that I've always been touched by those little feet on your lapel. We appreciate you for being a prayer warrior, because you assume Samuel's posture of saying that far be it for me to sit against the Lord, that I would cease praying for you. I wish I had a dollar for every time I was headed out of town and I would get a note or a call or a voicemail or something that said, got you covered, got you covered. It made a difference, brother. We appreciate you, Drew, because of your fervor for reading and writing. And the scripture I had was the one that Matt already referred to. Bring the books and the parchments. Bring the books and the parchments. This man is a reader and a writer. Drew, we appreciate your zeal for God. In John 2, even when our Lord was cleansing the temple, it says of him, zeal for thy house will eat me up, will consume me, and you've had that kind of zeal. We appreciate you, Drew, for your wholehearted devotion to Ozark. That too has already been mentioned. I would be hard-pressed to think of somebody who is more loyal to this school than you. And like Joshua and the Caleb Dialogue in Joshua 14, you uh, have the quality of wholeheartedness like Caleb did. And finally, Drew, we appreciate you for your care for the church. You are glad to be like Paul and spend and be spent for the church, which I suppose partly explains why you are heading back into preaching ministry. And dear brother, I would have felt very protected as an American had you become a fighter pilot for our country like you thought you were going to be. But I'm really glad you became a preacher. Really glad. And our lives will be diminished without you, my dear friend. But the good news is you won't be very far away. And in the words of one of your teachers and mine, Brother Wilberfields, dear brother, we appreciate you. Drew and Leanne, would you come to the stage? Let me read to you what this plaque says. To Drew Ashwell, in gratitude for your 21 years of service, as a professor and administrator at Ozark Christian College, your example of faith, enthusiasm, and teaching and relational investment have blessed hundreds of students. Your thoughtful leadership, personal encouragement, and humble service have blessed thousands of alumni. Thank you for your commitment to Christ, his kingdom, and the college's mission to train men and women for Christian service. Well done, good and faithful servant. Congratulations.
been trying to remember uh, when, how long ago I met Jay. I think it was about 11 or 12 years ago, before I ever even started working here at the college. The when, though, isn't probably as important as the how and the why. I, I met him through a mutual friend because Jay wanted to start a creative writing group here on campus. And he wanted it to be a place where students and members of the community could come together and encourage each other um, as they were pursuing to uh, better their writing abilities. I appreciated that about Jay when I met him, that he was doing what he loved while also bringing together other people to do what they loved and get better at it. Then I came to work here as a dorm parent a couple of years later and got to know Jay a little bit better just because we were coworkers and our sons are the same age. We would often talk about books or other related things when I passed him in the calf or when we were dropping off our sons to play together. He asked me to sub for him uh, one semester in his Comp 1 class, and so I got kind of an inside look at, at what he was doing and how he was teaching his students. Um, I had seen him in that creative writing group, his passion for writing, and then I got to see it in a whole new way in that classroom when I was subbing for him. He was having his students read a variety of works across a, a multitude of genres, classic and, and contemporary authors. He wanted his students to um, have the same love for writing and reading that he did. Fast forward still a few more years, and I was back in school myself, working on my master's degree. Jay would ask me what I was reading for my classes, and we would end up swapping authors' names and titles, because even though Jay wasn't a student then, he was still always a reader, and he wanted to uh, benefit his students in any way he could by sharing with them new books and new authors. I think it was during this time that I loved, uh, learned of his love for the Bronte sisters. Um, 1,800 British Victorian authors, and I think it's Charlotte, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I think Charlotte is his favorite. She's the author of Jane Eyre, and I mentioned that I wasn't really that crazy about it, and he said, I think, his exact words were to me, bite your tongue, um, <laughs> but because of his interest in it, I gave it another shot, read it for my comprehensive finals, and I realized I loved it. So I've personally benefited from Jay's enthusiasm and passion for great literature. Then, a couple of years later, I was hired on as a faculty member here, the only other English teacher on campus beside Jay. It's an interesting thing to be a gen ed instructor on a Bible college campus. There aren't very many of us here, and our classes look a lot different from most of the other classes you take. While all of our colleagues are teaching you students how to exegete scripture, prepare a sermon, uh, wrangle junior hires, uh, develop spiritual formation plans, Jay and I are teaching you how to write a vivid description essay, how to tear apart the symbolism in a poet, poem or a short story, um, and then what makes for really good persuasive writing. I love what I do. And I'm so glad that I get to do it on a daily basis, and I find myself wanting my students to love this stuff as much as I do. So thank you, Jay, wherever you are here, for being enthusiastic about good books and good writing. Um, I'm so glad to know that there's another professor out here who geeks out about this stuff as much as I do. But I'm also uh, certain that there have been students who have walked our halls that have been just as encouraged to know that there is someone here who has 
supported them and encouraged them to keep on reading and to keep on writing, no matter their chosen profession. Thank you for the role that you have played in sending out kingdom workers who are passionate about the written word. Black reads to Jay Engelbrecht in gratitude for your 13 years of service as a professor at Ozark Christian College. Your commitment to helping students read wisely, live healthy, and communicate well has equipped them to serve Christ and his church effectively over a lifetime. Thank you for your example of faith, knowledge, and personal humility, and thank you for training the next generation of men and women for Christian service. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thanks. Well, I first met Peter Buckland 23 years ago, long before he was old enough to be a wise sage, (laughs) but he was wise even as a younger man. In fact, uh, my sophomore year at Ozark Christian College, I took a preaching point, a weekend ministry down at Kansas Christian Church in Kansas, Oklahoma. Peter and Vanna and their family attended that church. In fact, Peter was the chief executive officer of Cookson Hills Children's Ministry. And the cool thing about that preaching point was that everybody at the time at Cookson Hills, they were required to attend that church. And so I had 150 people every week because Peter required everybody to be there. I had a captive audience. But as I ministered at that church, I was just so impressed by Peter and Vanna and their commitment to Christ and to that ministry. They would lead music, sing a special. Peter taught a Sunday school class that was phenomenal. I remember sitting under his teaching as he took us through the book of Romans. And then a lot of Sundays after church, they would invite us to their house for dinner and My wife, George, and I and our kids would be there and our kids would play with their kids. And it was just such a blessing to be around them, to really see their passion for ministry and for the kingdom of God. Also, at the time, I was working in the dean's office um, at Ozark Christian College a few years later. And actually, a position came open. Gordon Clymer was retiring and we needed another Christian education professor. Lynn Gardner was the dean at the time. And I said, Lynn, you have to hire Peter Buckland. And he's like, well, I've never heard of him. No, but he's great. In fact, I actually asked Peter for his resume. I took it and handed it to Lynn Gardner. And, um, oh, about a month later, Peter was teaching on Wednesday nights. He was driving up from Cookson to College Heights. And Lynn Gardner went and listened to his teaching and actually decided to hire him. And it's been amazing. You've been blessed by his voice. And I'm so thankful, even though he's transitioning to Orinoco and will do ministry there primarily, he will still be here teaching his principles of family living and helping us with spiritual formation retreat. I'm so glad we have his voice because he is indeed a wise sage. So thank you, Peter and Vanna. Thank you for your ministry. God bless you guys.
this plaque reads, To Peter Buckland, in gratitude for your 20 years of service as a professor at Ozark Christian College. Your love for Christ, your excellence in teaching, your example of local church leadership, and your wise counsel have equipped students to serve Christ well, and your faithful ministry is commended. Thank you for training the next generation of men and women for Christian service. Well done, good and faithful servant. There's one other group uh, that we do want to honor here today. We have a graduating class. If you are a member of the class of 2017, if you're graduating from Ozark, would you go ahead and stand right now? And can we encourage these folks? I've asked uh, one member of the graduating class of 2017, this is Chris Wu, many of you know Chris and his wife uh, Sally, to join us here on stage uh, because we want to have just a special time of prayer. I'm going to let them kind of stand in for you all as as, uh, the class of 2017. And uh, we're going to pray specifically for the work that they're preparing to do, uh, but we know that that work is representative of uh, plans and dreams that God has planted in each and every one of your hearts. And, uh, and so right now, Chris, would you just step to the microphone and, and tell these folks kind of what you're going to be doing after graduation, if you would. Good morning, Ozark. I'm very happy to see that my family and I will move to Dallas, Texas, where we will be working to help plant a Chinese church among college age and uh, young adult Chinese. Please remember to pray for us, and thank you, Ozark, for what I have learned here. God bless you. Chris and Sally um, sold everything in China. You may know their story, you may not. Left behind um, very well-paying jobs to come here and to study. And now as they head to Dallas to work among um, these Chinese students and hopefully see some uh, churches planted there, ultimately I know their dream is to even go back to China and see churches planted there in China. Um, We want to pray for that work. And I know so many of you have made uh, sacrifices to come, to study, to be equipped, to be prepared. And now, as you head into the harvest field, we want to pray that God will bless your efforts, too. I'm going to ask Doug Aldridge, if he would, uh, just to come step to the microphone. He's going to word a prayer. You join me as we bow our heads together. Holy Father, I thank you so much for the class of 2017. I thank you that they, they answered your call. 
they came here to study your word and now you've placed on their hearts a vision for ministry around the world. I pray that they would continue to look to you and your word and rely on your strength and you would bless their ministry. I thank you so much for Chris and Sally and their willingness to come from China to study and now to go plant churches. They represent this class so well. Father God, thank you for the blessing it is to be a part of this place to raise up leaders for your kingdom, workers for the harvest fields. Bless them in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, the month of May has had some significance in my life over the years. 24 years ago, I was actually completing my first year at Ozark Christian College. That year, I had taken the book of Acts with Mark Scott. Back then, we actually had Acts for two semesters. We took six hours of Acts. We kind of really taught the Bible back then. But no, we had all those Bible hours. And I remember that semester, I had actually finally discovered my life verse. I kind of had a need to trade in John 3.16. Too many people had that. And so I remember in Acts, we come to the end of Paul's third missionary journey. He got the, the elders from the church at Ephesus travel 36 miles south and they meet him on the beach at Miletus. And Paul is sharing that he feels compelled to go to Jerusalem knowing that prison and hardship await him. And then he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And you guys, I needed to hear that at the end of my first year because my calling was waning a little bit. When you write that many papers and read that many commentaries and do all the work that Ozark kind of seems to put on you, sometimes you can begin to question your calling. And my calling had been so vivid. Just a year and about four months before, on January 19th, 1992, I stood in the church, First Christian in Carthage, Missouri. Mike Hughes was preaching a sermon on John chapter 15, where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, and if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And it was a powerful sermon, and it came to time for the decision And and all of a sudden, Mike just threw out, you know, the normal decisions that people can make that you could come forward and confess Christ and accept Him as Savior and be baptized into Christ. If you've never done that, you can make that decision. And then he said, for some of you, if you need to rededicate your life to Christ, you can make that decision. And then he threw one out there that he never threw out there. And he said, and if some of you feel that God is calling you into full-time vocational ministry, today is the day that you can make that decision. And you guys, that was me. And in fact, I felt the Holy Spirit just kind of pulling me to go forward because they started the invitation song and we were singing and I was just so resisting God. I didn't want to go forward. And my beautiful wife, Georgia, looked at me and she was like, Doug, is God trying to tell you something? And I was like, nope, I lied to her because the song was almost over. And so I've done this before. You can milk that. And so it was over. And then the worship leader said, let's sing another round. And I'm like, oh, no. And it's like, it's calling. And then all of a sudden, halfway through that song, Georgia looks at me again and she's like, Doug, are you sure? And I'm like, man, I'm not going to lie to my wife twice. I'm a Christian. I got principles. So I just go... (laughs) 
I go forward and just, I mean, you guys, I just, yeah, you have to share with the congregation the decision you're making. And the crazy thing is, we had, I had just built a house with my own hands. It took me 10 months. We had only lived in it eight months. And I was like, I feel God calling us into ministry. And I remember going home that afternoon, laying in bed, thinking, what have I done? Why did I publicly publicly confess that. I mean, if I would have just kept it to myself, I can ignore that. I've done that for years, you know, and it's just like, no, we could, now we had to sell the house and we came to Ozark Christian College and we were hired as dorm parents of Williamson Hall and we were here five years and I mean, that changed my life, but I needed to hear that again, be reminded of that. I needed to see Paul. I needed that verse that I, dear God, I consider my life worth nothing to me. That I may finish the race and complete the task. And some of you need to hear that. Don't forget your calling. It's been a rough year, but don't forget your calling. Today is also May 4th. May 4th was my little brother's birthday. My little brother was killed June 8th, 2004. He was 33 years old. He had struggled with methamphetamine addiction. And he had cleaned up his life. And he was actually in his truck driving to work. And the irony of the whole thing is, two guys who who were released from jail the day before were strung out on meth and blew the stop sign and hit his truck. And my brother was ejected. And he lived in a coma for a couple days and he passed away. He left behind... A three-year-old little girl. But in God's providence, that girl, Lacey, she went back to Georgia and lived with her mom. But she was, her mom struggled too. And Lacey was in and out of foster care. And a couple years ago, she contacted my oldest son, Doug, and his wife, Ashley, both graduates of Ozark Christian College. She contacted them on Facebook and they just swung up a conversation and and God really laid it on their, Doug and Ashley's hearts to, to begin the process to work to get foster custody of Lacey. And, and actually they did. In fact, they have custody of Lacey. She's 15 now. And her seven-year-old half-brother, Archie. And they're in the process of adoption. And in fact, I get to see Lacey all the time now. And her little brother, Archie. And, and, and Doug and Ashley learned that here. Studying the gospel. Studying about Jesus. And I know my little brother, Donnie, is proud of that. God's good. 36 years ago, this week, I was in the fire academy for the California Department of Forestry in Southern California. That was a crazy year, 1981. That summer, we had an arson, light fires all around Southern California. After the fire academy, I was stationed at Station 25 in San Jacinto, California. This, it was, we had fought fires all summer. It was late August going into September, actually towards the end of fire season. But the Santa Ana winds were blowing in Southern California. I was stationed in the Hemet and San Jacinto Valley. And an arson started lighting fires this day. I was in the station, station 25, and we, we heard a dispatch come over the loudspeaker. And the dispatcher said, station 25, 26, 27, fire. And then she started dispatching the engines, engine 6171, engine 6163, squad 25, engine 26, engine 26B, engine 27, engine 27A, battalion 6115, respond to the vegetation fire, highway 79 in Gilman Springs Road. 
And we knew that was an area where vegetation hadn't burnt off for years. And as we run out of the fire station, we can look over to that area about 15 miles from the station. And there was this huge head cloud of smoke already. And we run to the fire engine and we get in. I'm cabman that day. My captain is driving. I'm in the front of the fire engine. And as we get closer and closer to the fire, we see that it's just a huge fire. And if you're familiar with the fire service, normally we might pull up on a fire and my captain would call Paris. That was the town. That was our dispatch headquarters. He might say, Paris engine 6171 on scene. We have a vegetation fire of 30 to 40 acres. Roll a second alarm. And that just meant roll the next three or four available closest engines to come help us. But you guys, that's not what he said that day. As we got closer and closer to the fire, we could just see it was just huge. And we get on scene, and I'll never forget, he picks up the mic, and he says, Paris Engine 6171 on scene, we have three to four hundred acres of rapidly burning vegetation. Then he paused and said, roll the world, roll the world. And that wasn't like an official code, he just made it up. But the dispatcher knew what he meant. And all of a sudden you hear, the, she starts dispatching the engine, station one, station five, station seven, station 10, fire, station 12, station 20, station 22, fire, station 23, station 28, station 29, fire, station 33, station 34, station 36, fire. And then she started dispatching the engines. Engine 6180, engine 6184, engine 1, engine 1B, engine 5, engine 5B, engine 7, engine 10, engine 10B, engine 6162, engine 12, engine 12B, engine 22, engine 23, engine 28, engine 29, engine 29B, engine 33, engine 36, engine 38, battalion 6113, battalion 6112, battalion 6114, division 1. Respond to the vegetation fire, Highway 79 and Gilman Springs Road. And we, we get on scene, we start fighting that fire. My buddy and I were up on the side of a hill just fighting a fire. And all of a sudden, after about a half hour, we look out and we can see strike team after strike team of fire engines approaching. And a strike team is five engines and a battalion chief. Five engines and a battalion chief. And it was like the cavalry was coming to help us. Like, dun, 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 dun. we're like, yeah! And I'm like, they get there and we fight that fire for hours. It was amazing. Roll the world. And yet, when you think about it, that's the call that went out from New York and the Pentagon on September 11, 2001, when the terrorist attack rolled the world. We need help. It's the call that went out from Joplin, Missouri on May 22, 2011, when an EF5 tornado took out a third of our town. Roll the world. We need help. And yet it's the call that God sends to His church each and every day. Roll the world. There are so many hurting people that need to hear the goodness of the gospel. God is dispatching you. Do you hear Him? There are people in your families that you'll be with this summer. And in ministries you'll be with this summer. And at a workplace you'll be with this summer. They need to hear the goodness of the gospel. God is dispatching you. Do not forget your call. Roll the world. Do you hear him? He's calling your name. Consider your life worth nothing to you. If only you may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given you, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. God has dispatched all of us. You were in Fire Academy this week, and now this summer, go and roll the world. Put out the fires through the good news of the gospel. You're dismissed.